I'm sure your barbecue this past weekend was awesome. I don't doubt that. But ladies and gentlemen, the most important barbecue of the entire summer is coming up this week. No, not July 4th. Not Labor Day weekend. The most important barbecue is happening this weekend in Norman, Oklahoma. The Champion Barbecue is back, baby. Which, by the way, are a lot of people mad that it's still referred to as the Champion Barbecue with the new staff? I don't so, because that was a Bob thing originally. It didn't start with Mule Shoe. I feel so. like there were some that was like, why are we calling it the Champion Barbecue Steel? That's Mule Shoe's thing. Yeah, exactly. But, but barbecue's, th- 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 that's an Oklahoma thing, right? It doesn't make sense for Mule Shoe to take it out west. To LA. And, and it's a great name, Champion Barbecue. It just kind of, you know, I, everyone knows what that is. That's an OU thing. So I tell you what, they can, they can have the Champion Walk of Fame out there in LA. The biggest recruiting weekend of the summer, dare I say, is upon us for OU, and the visitor list continues to grow, Parker. We've been, in, we've been anticipating this for, what, two, three months now at least. Does it look like the overall visitor list? Um, that you thought it might be going all the way back to maybe even March or uh, April. Yeah, this list is outstanding, Tyler. This list is outstanding. And depending on how things shake out in season, this could turn out to be the biggest recruiting weekend of the year for Oklahoma. And that's saying a lot, considering how many visitors they had on campus March 5th through March 26th. I've already confirmed, uh, with the assistance of my colleague Brandon Drum, in excess of 30 visitors Jeez. this weekend. That is a lot for an official visit weekend. That is a lot. And you look over this list, obviously the ones that stand out are Anthony Hill and Richard Young, the two five stars. But, man, even the guys that are three stars, even the three-star guys that have that designation are really good football players in their own right. Phil Picciotti is probably going to be a four-star by the end of the cycle. Anthony Evans, blue chip programs all over the country coming after him. Jalen Kilgore is another guy that's going to elevate to four-star status in the not-too-distant future. So all in all, man, there is a ton of talent that's going to be in Norman this weekend. And I'm pretty confident that the Sooners are going to come out of it with at least a couple commitments and should yeah. be in the driver's seat to score a few more. Our uh, early week over under, are you good with, because for the past several recruiting weekends, the big recruiting weekends they've had, we put the under on uh, over under at 0.5. Uh-huh. But we've been very conservative with our over uh, under numbers. Now, and this isn't, you know, some huge number or anything, but I am ready and willing to up the over under uh, early week for this weekend to one and a half. Oh, are you are you okay with the one and a half, or would you like to make it even two and a half? I was going to say two and a half. Oh, yeah. okay. I think that's fair. Two and a half early week is the over-under on commits for OU. Buddy, yeah, they, they, they get three or four coming out of this weekend. It's going to be big time because, like you said, I mean, there there's some three stars that are going to be on campus, but by the time it's all said and done, like – Whoever you get this weekend, it's not a watered-down list. It's a really good list. So if you get three commits, that means you get commits from three really good, highly touted football players. And there are so many guys that I would say are on commit watch heading into this weekend. Bryson Sanders is at the top of that list, the four-star offensive lineman. P.J. Adabare, we've talked at length about, the four-star edge out of North Kansas City. Jacoby Johnson, very much on commit watch. Makari Vickers. Why is it that he's only scheduled one official and it's to Oklahoma? Makes you think. 
Sammy Omasigo has been heavily favoring Oklahoma for some time. Dylan Edwards is getting real close to a decision per people I talked to this morning. And then I dropped a crystal ball over the weekend for Cade McIntyre. Brand new offer. How about that? Three-star athlete out of Fremont, Nebraska. So he, he he's actually coming to campus for his official visit on June 8th, but his family is a whole bunch of OU fans, and he moved very quickly to get that official visit set before any of his others. There are some fans on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439, that did, they, they don't like it, Parker. They don't like the name of Keeping Champion Barbecue. Kendall says, don't like the name, change it. Just call it Oklahoma's Barbecue. Okay, why? Right. Like, did Champion suddenly become USC? Here's the deal, Kendall. That's fine if you don't like keeping the name Champion Barbecue. I, I think it, it, it sounds great. It fits. I they, they, they should, like, keep it there forever, regardless of who the head coach is. But you got to give us something better than Oklahoma's Barbecue. I mean, I, I think OU is a little bit more creative than just calling it, yeah, it's Oklahoma's Barbecue. I'd weekend. hope so. I would hope so. Yeah, because that, that's just way too broad. And be like, hey, did you hear the news about Oklahoma's barbecue? <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, what? Uh, th- this is from the 918. USC can have the champ you shopping spree or USC shopping spree. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, that is in reference to Caleb Williams uh, mentioning the shopping in L.A. is one of the things he, that he likes most about L.A. over Norman. The shopping is the first thing that he said. Which right. we've been making fun of him for about three weeks now. He's done a lot so. of shopping for all them Beats headphones. I'm sure he has. Um, by the way, USC does hate America, which is fine because America <laughs> hates USC. Oh, oh my, my god! Was that not a- that? That was the best thing that happened all day yesterday. It was, it was the best thing that happened. And if you're not a social media person, well, you should be after this. So USC football, you know, they they put out a graphic, remember and honor Memorial Day, and. You know, there, there's an American flag in the background, a USC helmet below that, and then there's four fighter jets on the graphic. <laughs> and you say, oh, okay, it's just one of your, you know, standard social media graphics that you say, happy Memorial Day from USC football. Well, I would not have known this, but the jets that they included on the graphic were Chinese J-10s uh, aircraft. They didn't even put U.S. United States aircraft on their graphic, they put Chinese aircraft on the graphic. So, USC hates America, which is just fine, because America hates USC right now. And people were making the uh, the Chinese flag with uh, USC logos all over the place. Dude, it was... I think it was probably the most enjoyable part of my entire three-day weekend. I mean, USC, of all schools out there, of all schools out there... That Muleshoe's always been about social media, social media, interaction, and pushing it out there. And it was just perfect for OU fans just to destroy, just to destroy that account yesterday after that mistake. Ugh. You couldn't have scripted it any better on Memorial and, and Day. I, and I'm not saying that I'm smart enough to recognize, you know, the, the Chinese J-10 aircrafts. I really appreciate the people that could immediately identify that. But, of course, USC had to – well, they didn't have to, but they did uh, delete the, the aircraft off, off the graphics and repost it later. Way Air, to go, OU fans. Air nice Comfort job. Solutions text line. One listener says, Parker, I posted on the 24-7 sports update that you gave on Dylan Edwards, but I'm curious if they would still take two more running backs and treat him as a Ray League Brown that's half wide receiver, half running back. Is that a possibility? Sure, and I'll acknowledge that, but – 
I don't think that happens, and here's why. At a certain point, you got to start worrying about numbers, right? You got to start worrying about how many you can reasonably sign at a given position if it comes at the expense of another position group. And if you look at the position groups where Oklahoma is going to have a need next year, where they're going to graduate several players and they're going to need to have immediate replacements for those guys in terms of numbers, you're looking at defensive line, you're looking at offensive line, and you're looking at defensive back. So can you afford to take Dylan Edwards as basically a third running back or maybe a fourth wide receiver, depending on how you categorize him, if it comes at the expense of adding another offensive lineman, adding another defensive lineman, or picking up another safety? I say yes, um, and here's why I say yes for Dylan Edwards. Because you're in love with Dylan Edwards. Well, that's the obvious one. I I mean, we didn't even need to mention that one. He is my favorite recruit of this entire class. I've made that known several times. But I do think the answer to that is yes, Parker, because he is one of the more unique running backs in this class just because of the speed that he possesses. And not that he's the only really fast running back that you could go out and get this cycle, but with that, with that speed combined with that size, not that he's six foot two or anything, but the fact that he's so small and so elusive in the open field, he can do a lot of things for your offense. I think that he's, I think that he's worth that. I, I really think that he's worth that. I think Dylan Edwards is a guy that Sooner fans should want as part of this class. If you can get him, you should be happy with him because being small – can be as much of an asset as it can be a detriment at times. I know people are worried about Dylan Edwards being 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, but, man, you, when you're that small, you have the propensity to be pretty slippery for tacklers. And you look at the way that Dylan Edwards moves, you turn on the tape, man, there's a reason why he was Gatorade Player of the Year in the state of Kansas, and that means something. Kansas is not a bad football state in a, by any stretch of the imagination. Jaron Kanick played in the state of Kansas last year. Um, by the way... Text line, we're getting better on, look, they're not going to change the Champion Barbecue name. And they should not change the Champion Barbecue name. It's a fantastic name. Again, I hope it stays around forever. But people are at least now throwing out, like, uh, alternative names for it. Boomer Q. That's a good start. Now, you're going to have to get Billy Sims involved. Boomer. <laughs> if you did some uh, boomer cue, something like that, but that this is a, this is moving better than the uh, what did Kendall say? The Oklahoma's barbecue. I yeah, the Oklahoma Oklahoma's barbecue. Yes, uh, must have been a Tinker Air Force Base find. Thanks, Tinker. LOL. Yes, thank you to uh, all of the all of our troops out there in uh, Tinker for identifying those jets. If that's in, indeed who did find that out. Uh, by the way, a bit of basketball news breaking here at the top of the hour. So uh, we know that Porter Moser obviously lost his top assistant, David Patrick, who's the new head men's basketball coach at Sacramento State. Well, the Sooners have lost Porter's other top assistant oh, now, no. KT Turner, Man. who has been hired on as an assistant to John Calipari at Kentucky. So the only remaining assistant from Moser's staff last year that is set to return is Emmanuel Dildy. So you got some holes to fill on that OU basketball staff. Man, you do. Uh, Holes to fill on the roster. Holes to fill on the staff. Yeah, he is a real up-and-comer in the business. That Um, dude can recruit. Can recruit. A lot of energy with him. What was it, Texas before he arrived at OU? That's correct. Uh, With Shaka's staff there. I really like the addition of him. That I mean, I guess you got to go to Kentucky if they come calling, especially because you know that they're going to pay a lot of cash to you. But yeah, that's 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 definitely a loss. This has been a very interesting off season for Porter Moser, 
It's one thing to have to rebuild the roster through the transfer portal, but having to do it with your assistants now too, that that makes it a lot more makes it a lot more difficult. And especially when we're going up into a pretty critical year next season. And especially when you didn't anticipate having to fill those roles for quite some time. Porter Moser brought KT Turner and David Patrick and Emmanuel Dildy in as part of his inaugural staff. Those guys were not at OU previously, so Patrick and Turner were essentially one and done at Oklahoma. Moser isn't starting from scratch quite the way he was a year ago, but, man, he he's down to the bare bones. Kendall's taking some shots on the text line today. Really? <laughs> if Kendall hates the name Champ U Barbecue, then that's all the confirmation I need is to keep it. Um, sometimes I think Kendall isn't even an OU fan, SMH. So, um, it was who, – who was it last hour? It was Jackson Arnold getting all the hate on the text line, and now it has turned into Kendall. <laughs> God. How are everyone, the turntables? Everyone returned from the three-day weekend a little bit edgy, didn't they? For real. What happened? I, did, I, I don't know what all this Jackson Arnold slander was about. I think it was just from one texter, and everyone else is like, yeah, okay, this is kind of a – crazy uh, opinion here. Let's go ahead and ratio this guy real quick. But out of all the people I, I thought people were going to be feisty with today, Jackson Arnold of anyone, I did not I did not see that one coming. I know, like, why beef with the quarterback? I, I, I can't recall a time where o, OU fans were beefing with the quarterback they were about to sign. I know. <laughs> Who might just get his five-star here, uh, fifth-star pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah and I think he will. Like there are people that are like, oh, I was at the state championship game. He wasn't that good. Uh, boot, boot scooting, crouton barbecue. I don't. When I first read <laughs> kind of, that, kind I'm of like, mouthful. when I first read it, I thought I might hate that. But as soon as I, after I fumbled over it once, Parker. After I got through it, I was like, it's okay. The boot scooting, crouton barbecue. Jr. Slobberknocker, by God, Oklahoma barbecue. I love that one. How about the party on the prairie? Nah, too cliche for me. Sounds like a uh, a newspaper headline. I'm uh this this Jr. Slobberknocker, by God, Oklahoma barbecue. You got to say by God like that too. By the way, <laughs> uh, that, I that one has some appeal. Uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line once again. Really need a good offensive line class, and seems like some good dudes for the weekend. Really concerned though about inside defensive line recruits. That is kind of the one area where I think this class is going to be pivotal for Oklahoma because you're going to have to replace some dudes. right? You're going to have to replace Jeffrey Johnson. You're going to have to replace Jalen Redmond. You signed a couple last cycle in Cedric Roberts and Alton Tarber, but are you really confident that those dudes – are you confident betting the farm that those dudes are going to be – the next big thing on the interior defensive line. I do like where the Sooners sit with Derek LeBlanc. They're going to have Amari Washington in town from the state of Arizona. And then, obviously, um, and I just completely spaced, Caden McDonald. There you go. He's the other one that OU's in the picture for when you're talking about interior defensive line. Let me get to a couple more. Jeff down there in Texas says, Okay, guys, I'm a Porter Moser fan. Not only do I trust Josie and believe Porter is the guy, but what's going on? I get the max exodus when Kruger retired, but it just keeps going. Mo Gibson to DePaul, now assistants? Hmm. I can get the assistants. I mean, one guy left for a head coaching job. Sure. I mean, that happens. I mean, that happens a lot. And then 
like it, love it, hate it, I mean, Kentucky is a blue blood in the sport of college basketball. He's probably making more money in Lexington than he's making here. And he's I got a way it. clearer path to be a head coach. Yeah. Because being an assistant at Kentucky carries more weight than being an assistant at Oklahoma. Uh, text line says everyone's hungover. I thousand percent believe that that's the case. Uh, one more. Let's go back to slandering Texas and Oklahoma State in Lincoln or Northwestern's delusional barstool account. Yeah, we can get back to slandering Oklahoma State. Actually, OSU fans, uh, might be a good time to not pay attention to the next segment because it does not involve you at all. Um, you might need to go ahead and step out of the way. Uh, SEC meetings are going on in Destin, Florida right now, so OSU fans may need to let the adults uh, speak uh, coming up next segment. One more that I out. love. Keep it what it is, but if we have to change it, then it has to be F.U. Mule Shoe <laughs> Yes, yes. Now we're getting we're getting everyone out of the hangover brain fog, all right? We're starting to come up with some good ideas. Thank you. Keep it coming, 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions. Text line, more to come next on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, live on the ref. We are the homeless Sooner fans. Getting very creative with these uh, new Champion barbecue ideas. Can we get a mule shoe pinata, maybe a Bevo, and a Razorback one, too? That's on the text line. What are, are the you, Razorbacks doing? I, I don't in? know. Are you guys really wanting this rivalry with Arkansas, or, I, or I what? I guess so. Dang, if you're going to put it on par with mule shoe and Bevo, then... That, that particular listener must have some serious hate for the University of Arkansas. Arkansas fans would be so happy and excited if OU fans or OU spent the time at all to create a Razorback pinata. Which, by the way, a Razorback pinata, uh, I don't think that they sell those. I'm sure you'd have to make one yourself, but that'd be kind of an odd-looking pinata now, wouldn't it be? I'm sure there's somewhere a Bevo pinata. I mean, I know that that's probably been created before, but a Razorback pinata? Yeah, I feel like there's got to be some some novelty shop somewhere is selling an Arkansas pinata. Who's Arkansas's biggest rival? Well, that's just the thing is <laughs> they think it's LSU, but LSU's like, eh. Uh, it's for, there's a forced one with Missouri, but no one really cares about that. Historically, it's the University of Texas, and it's really not close. But that's, that's true. they don't play, but every, you know, once every decade, twice every decade, maybe. So that, that's the deal with Arkansas is they really don't have a legitimate rivalry right now in the SEC, which is very, very odd. The only one they really have is, I mean, they play for the golden boot against LSU, but again, LSU fans hate Alabama way more. They hate Florida way more. I think they hate Texas A&M way more than they hate Arkansas. As long as Arkansas has been in the SEC, you'd figure they'd have a legit rivalry by now. I think they rolled into that conference in 1992. Yes. Is that right? Yes. 92 was their first year in the SEC. And geography does have something to do with it because they've – they were kind of the outpost of the SEC. Or they really they, were. Before you know, Missouri. Before yes. Missouri, they were definitely the outpost. So, yeah, they're, they're way more – they're way more like, – I've always thought that Arkansas and Oklahoma State, that, that is a rivalry if they ever played would make a whole lot of sense. There's a whole – there's definitely some similarities between the Oklahoma State fan base and the Arkansas fan base. Well, I those, think that would, those two baseball programs are squaring off this weekend in yeah. a regional. I think so. they've uh, – seems like they played basketball uh, a few times recently. So, I don't know. That, that would just always seem like that would work for me. Uh, Jesse says the USC barbecue should be called the secondhand smoke. Someone said that uh, – let me get down to it. Uh, 405-651. 3439, by the way, is the number to the text line. 
basically saying um, let's change it to scare off any uh, recruits that like to wear fingernail polish. <laughs> so Jackson Arnold and Caleb Williams now getting out all the hate on the uh, text line. Go figure on that one. Oh, uh, man, see, all the Jackson Arnold. What, what if Jackson Arnold paints his fingernails, too? How bad do you think the text line freakout yeah, is going to be well, if they find out? So everyone was so excited about Caleb Williams last year that you found a way. I don't know if everyone justified it, Parker, but there was definitely a large majority that said, yeah, it's a little different for sure, but, you know, if he paints an upside-down longhorn on them fingernails, then it might be pretty cool. Never again, all right? Never again. And OU fans will never again uh, be all about it just because the football player's good. No, nope, if you got painted fingernails, OU uh, fans will be ready to drop the scholarship. I will say the greatest photo I've ever taken in my life is that photo of Caleb Williams blowing out the finger gun after throwing the go-ahead uh, or after they scored the tying touchdown uh, at the Red River rivalry, and he's got the F-U-U-T painted on his fingernails. That uh, What sucks about that day is – it is by far, without question, the greatest game that rivalry has ever seen. It's, but it's I, almost I think it's like, the greatest game I've ever attended in my life. I, and I would agree with that. I don't know if I will ever again uh, attend a game that stacks up to that one. But it's almost like the memory of that game is going to be somewhat tarnished because sure. of what happened after the fact. Yeah, I, I guess it's good, though, that... You know, Caleb Williams didn't, you know, have a 45-yard touchdown run or just an absolute dart in the back of the end zone to win it. I think it really helps that Kennedy Brooks, you know, scored the final touchdown of the game and that Caleb Kelly had the huge strip on the kickoff return. Like, you know what I mean? Like guys that you still really really like and you know, people now will be well, I I mean, you know, Caleb had some touchdown throws, but really Marvin Mims on two of those plays is what made it happen. Caleb just threw a jump ball. Marvin Mims is the one that made the play. Yeah, listen, Marvin Mims' catch on the touchdown that ultimately tied the game after Spencer Rattler flung the two-point conversion to Drake Stoops, that was one of, like, situationally, that maybe was one of the top five catches I've ever seen. Sure. You know, and, and you bring up an interesting point, and I thought about this, is, you know, right now, five years from now, ten years from now, at any point in the future, we're going to look back on this past season, Parker, and it's going to be met with some groans, right? The coach left at the end of the year, which everyone's happy about now. I understand that. But you really, you did not live up to expectations at all. When people bring up the 2021 season, it's just going to be like, yeah, 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 well, yeah, you know, what a, you know, yeah. The, the staff was clearly checked out, you know, before that season even started. But the fact that you'll think of the season that way, but it has maybe the greatest game that we've ever seen before, certainly in OU Texas history, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? The season, for as disappointing as it was, still holds that moment that we'll never forget. Out of any other season to have a moment like that, it was last season, which is very, very interesting. That that season gets that OU Texas game. I will say, I think the best play that Caleb Williams made in that game, and very few people will will remember the play I'm talking about because I think it was overshadowed by Mims' catch, but the first touchdown that he threw, I it was it was to Mims. He I, dropped the snap, yeah. Well, he dropped the snap, but if you go back and watch the replay, he no-looked the pass, and that's why he was able to make it work, is because he stared down Jaden Hazelwood and froze all three Texas defensive backs, 
got them looking at Hazelwood, and then flung it to the back of the end zone to Marvin Mims. That was the best play Caleb Williams made. All, all right, let's but. not give him too much credit, though. Let's let's move, let's move on here. <laughs> We're going to chalk that one up to Kennedy Brooks's greatness exactly. and call it good. Uh, does USC have a barbecue? I was thinking sushi or fish tacos for those guys. There's definitely avocado toast on the grill at <laughs> USC. 100%, man. Can you see your mule shoe? Even mule shoe, I think, could probably make some avocado toast. They probably, you know, their barbecue is probably just breakfast, and they meet for vegan acai bowls. But barbecue is so bad out on the West Coast, Parker, that he could bring that dry brisket out to L.A., and they think it's probably the best barbecue they've ever had. Choice. Choice barbecue. Of course, he probably has to put it on the tacos like he did uh, last summer because the brisket was so dry and so bad. You got to douse it with barbecue sauce and cheddar cheese and whatever else he puts on his brisket tacos. But yes, avocado toast is definitely being served at the USC barbecue. There's no doubt about that. What do you think he cooks when he goes home for? Because he's not smoking briskets anymore because he's in California. You probably can't even smoke a brisket out there without worrying about starting a forest fire or something. So there's probably some sort of ban on smoking brisket. So what 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 do you think he cooks for dinner? Uh, I don't think he cooks anything for dinner. I, I think that uh, at this point he just hires it out to everyone. Every meal is catered. In and More out. More than likely. In and out, yes. Yeah, he has to uh, sit in traffic for an hour, uh, Parker. Then he's got to uh, wait 30 minutes on that one before he – he probably doesn't have time to cook with as much time as he's sitting in traffic these days. Oh, here's a great question for the text line. Will Caleb Williams ever play in another game with an environment as good as that OU Texas game? Absolutely freaking not. Um, The only way is it gets pretty crazy at Austin Stadium and Eugene. They're not playing there this year. I don't know if they're going to play there next year or not, but even a crazy atmosphere in Oregon is not going to compare to – Um, I mean, to no, no, no. I mean, he'll play at Notre Dame next year. And Notre Dame's a cool environment, but Notre Dame has never been described to me as raucous, loud, and crazy. And you're not going to have 50% of the fans right. in that venue on your side. But to be fair, is anybody on OU's roster going to play an environment like they saw last year at OU Texas? I mean, it, it, th- those players will get a lot closer than what Caleb Williams is going to, but I don't know if anyone that was a part of last year is ever going to see anything like yeah, that again. Depends on how long some of those guys stick around because once you make the transition to the SEC, I think there will be some environments that can hold a candle to what we experienced last year in the Cotton Bowl. By the way, uh, SEC meetings taking place in Destin right now at the same hotel that I got married at last year. So Oh, interesting. That's it's very SEC. Did, did you of save me, your right? wristband? Uh, I maybe actually uh, there's a chance, yeah. Cuz they do give you wristbands. Yeah, exactly. To have access to uh, that beach and I think I actually do. Okay, yeah, yeah go cover How it SEC ready am I? Well, I just had my wedding last year at the exact same hotel where the SEC meetings happen every single year. No big deal. But there was an article on uh, 24-7 Sports that really caught my eye, Parker Thune. Okay. And let me just read you this paragraph. SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey spoke on his league potentially eliminating divisions earlier this month and how that would look when Texas and Oklahoma enter the conference very soon. Now listen to this next sentence. There's a widespread belief that the Longhorns and Sooners will be SEC members by the 2023 season. There's a widespread belief in the South, because oh. I don't feel like there's a widespread belief no. around here that OU is no. going to enter for the 2023 no. season. Interesting. Huh. Interesting. 
That is apparently that belief is widespread, Tyler. We got to get with the times. I had no idea that that belief was widespread, but that's the first I've heard of that. Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. I would 100% take it, but I feel like the the feeling around here more and more is they're going to stay until the last year of the contract or maybe the the year right before the contract. But that's good. I'm not I'm not mad at that. I, I I love that widespread belief for the 2023 season. Let's do it. And it would be great if you play this year. Because remember, like we knew that A&M, going into the 2011 season, we knew that that was A&M's last year in the Big 12. Yes. We knew that that was, I think, Missouri's last year in the Big 12 as well, right? So everyone got to get their final shots into those schools, especially on the road, the SEC chance. Maybe that's why OU's playing it this close to the best, Parker. Maybe there really is a widespread belief this is OU's last year in the Big 12. But if you don't really lead that on to anyone around here, you know what I mean? No one can get the shots in uh, at any point this year, and you're just kind of gone in the middle of the night after this next football season. Who knows? I would tend to say less than 50% chance as of right now that uh, this is OU's last year in the Big 12, but as we saw last summer, uh, things can develop really, really quickly. Yes, they can. 405-651-3439 is the Air Conference Solutions text line. More to come next on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune live on The Ref. We are the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune. SEC, these spring meetings are hilarious to me in Destin, Florida, which I guess... The thing for SEC coaches, Parker, is to live in the Destin area. It's like where all these coaches go. I think Mark Stoops, Bob's brother, has a house in Destin. Uh, you you can see Ed Ogeron run around in the Destin area with no shirt on if that's what you're into. Um, Kirby Smart, I guess. It's like the – I don't know. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? Destin, Florida, of all places, which is a great place, but – it's where a lot of SEC coaches and a lot of other coaches around college football have had houses, and they just live out there. Live out there during the offseason as, as much as they can. They retire there. Mark Richt, Bobby Bowden. is reading this long story today of all these coaches that have houses or condos in the, in the Destin area. Is Mark Richt, like, retired, retired? Like he's done coaching? Uh, I think he was on, like, the, what, the ACC network doing some TV stuff. But in terms of coaching, yeah. I don't think that he's going to be back anytime soon. But they were making a big deal about the seating arrangement, the seating chart at these spring meetings, and the fact that Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban were sitting really far apart and not in direct line, you know, eyesight of each other. Someone actually found out the seating arrangement at the table, Parker, oh and tweeted it out. Jimbo Fisher is sitting right across from uh, Lane Kiffin, so everyone's making a big deal Does about Does literally that. every single thing become news when there's beef? Yes. Well, every I- single thing remotely related to Jimbo Fisher and or Nick Saban? Because apparently it was news when Nick Saban passed Jimbo Fisher in the lobby earlier this morning. Yeah, I, w- I was actually about to uh, pull up that tweet that was, I mean, okay, here it is. Nick Saban just crossed paths with Jimbo Fisher in Hilton Lobby here at SEC meetings. Nick was walking by. Jimbo was in cafe on the phone and never saw him as his back was to him. Breaking news! Thank you so much for that update from the SEC spring meetings. Are you serious? That's that's what we get? That's that's news. So the news is that Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban were in close proximity with one another but did not see each other. I guess so. Very, very odd. But Unbelievable. That's, that's, uh, that's the news that you're getting out of Destin. 
Hey, DeAndre Moore, that was a surprise. What four-star wide receiver out of the state of California. He has committed to Louisville. Big-time surprise. Uh, a lot of big schools were in on DeAndre Moore. I heard you reference it with Steely, and uh, I looked more into it. Louisville is now one of the schools that they're going to make a serious serious run with this uh, this new NIL ruling. Because they, they've, got, they've got some big backers for, yeah, for their program. Dude, Louisville is the common denominator between bourbon, horse racing, and Papa John's. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of money there. Does Papa John still have cash even though that he got canceled? Listen, I, he got canceled, but Papa John's is doing just fine. I thought that I thought uh, I thought that he probably was, but he definitely got canceled about two years ago, and oh, I, I, I haven't was, seen him since. Yeah, it was longer ago than that. Wasn't was it? it longer than two years? I mean, it, it's been almost five years. I want to say it's been it's been a little while, but yeah, one way or another, Papa John himself no longer appears in any of the commercials and is very much out of the public eye. But his pizza joints, they are doing just fine. Uh, David Hicks was in town this weekend, yeah, five-star defensive lineman. Um, what he's got a Texas visit coming up. He's got some other visits coming up as well. A and M's going to be tough to beat here. We've talked about this a lot. Yeah. But is there any feeling that OU um, made up some serious ground this yeah, you weekend? Know, there is a feeling that OU is in this thing just as much as Texas A and M is, and it's a fifty-fifty coin flip between the two. I expect that it will be either OU or A and M in the end. I've just. I, let me put it this way. There are folks that are a lot more optimistic about Oklahoma's chances with DJ Hicks than I am. That's just kind of the stance that I've taken, especially after they missed out on Gabriel Brownlow Dindy and LT Overton in the last class. My stance from the get-go has been, you know, I, I, I have to see Todd Bates and Brent Venables and the Oklahoma Sooners. i got to see them land a five-star defensive lineman before I'm going to start throwing all the hype. And they will. And they will. They will at some point, but I'm with you. I don't necessarily know if it's going to be this guy this time around. Yeah. And OU is in it. I don't want to get that twisted in any sense. OU is very much in it, but in my eyes, Texas A&M is the leader. You look at how many times he's visited that campus. He's taken like 10 visits. I mean, and, and granted, it's right down the road because especially now, right? The, yeah, especially because he's down in Katy, uh, which is where he spent the first two years of his high school career, and he's now back there at Pato for his senior season. But with how many times he's been to Texas A&M, it stands to reason that the Aggies are in the best spot right now. You see a couple twenty-four-seven sports crystal balls in favor of A&M, and that's where my leaning is at the moment. Obviously, so much is subject to change when official visits roll around, but I am not operating under the impression that DJ Hicks is going to be a part of Oklahoma's 2023 class. Is it a possibility? Yes, Uh, but let me put it to you this way. I'm dropping a 2023 mock class prediction for all 25 players that I believe Oklahoma will sign in the 2023 cycle tomorrow on OUinsider.com. DJ Hicks is not one of them. And what the class that I have projected would have been the number six class in America if you stacked it up alongside the classes that everybody signed in 2022. So, with or without DJ Hicks, 
OU's going to sign a pretty good class. If you do get DJ Hicks, man, that really pushes things over the top, and that is a feather in the cap for Venables and Bates in year one yeah. at Oklahoma. Um, I, I, I would definitely lean towards A&M on this one. Surprise, surprise, A&M's going to have a really good recruiting class again this year. I don't know if they're going to have the number one overall class. I don't think it's going to be the highest-ranked class ever in recruiting history like it was this, uh, this past recruiting cycle, but A&M's going to land another good class, and it does make me think, Parker, that with everything that's happened over the past few weeks with Jimbo and Nick Saban, he's not going to lose his job. There is not a realistic situation here where Jimbo Fisher could lose his job. But I don't think when I'm talking about the most pressure for head coaches out there, it doesn't necessarily have to mean that guys are on the hot seat. Guys can be totally safe in their job, but still have a lot of pressure. Sure, I think there's a decent argument here that no one in college football has more pressure on them this this year than than Jimbo Fisher. If he totally tanks after this recruiting class and goes, you know, 7 and 5 or 6 and 6, and I realize that a lot of these guys are true freshmen, but everyone's talking about the talent and the depth that A&M has. If they underwhelm, if they win sub 8 games this year and get thrown around by Alabama, then there is going to be a narrative on Jimbo that's going to be hard to flip anytime soon. I, I think my expectations for A&M, and I think the pressure on Jimbo is going to be much higher in 2023 than it will be in 2022, just because you look at the way that that roster is constructed right now. You're rolling out Max Johnson at quarterback, man. Then why are people putting them like, at number five in their way too early I, preseason I don't It's ridiculous. Know, but it, it seems like for the most part, the rest of the country has kind of started to come to terms with what Texas A&M can realistically be in 2022. In 23, though, presumably you've got Connor Weigman inheriting the starting job. You've got a whole lot of those guys that are going to be sophomores and juniors and that will have developed and will have increased expectations on their shoulders. Yeah, 2023, there will be a lot of pressure on Jimbo Fisher's shoulders if there already if there already isn't in 2022. Air Coverage Solutions text line 405-651-3439. A lot to get to there. We'll get to as many as we can coming up next segment. We'll hit some football. We'll hit some crouton as well. Keep it locked right here on Locked In. We're the homeless Sooner fans on the ref. Elite Roofing Systems bring you this hour of Locked In, live on the ref, the home of Sooner fans. Elite Roofing Systems, they're servicing all of Oklahoma's roofing needs, locally owned and operated, headquartered in Norman and Tulsa, and serving customers in the greater Oklahoma City area since 2010. Give Elite Roofing Systems a call today, 405-361-3094, that's the number to their OKC office, Tulsa, 918 984 5475 or EliteRoofing.com. Elite Roofing Systems bringing you this hour of Locked In. Uh, Dylan Edwards getting close to a decision. Should we be optimistic that it's going to be OU, or is this just such a wild and crazy recruitment that you can feel good about OU, but don't take it to the bank? I had all. somebody very plugged in tell me this morning that this is the most roller coaster recruitment that they've ever seen. Yikes. And. It's it's been wild behind the scenes. I will acknowledge that, and I I don't know, man. It's it's weird. It's a weird situation all the way around because so much has changed in even just the last couple of weeks. Because uh, at first, I, I would say mid May, I was hearing okay, the decision may be until August. May honestly even wait till his season. Uh, he's going to take all five official visits. 
Uh, he's going to be deliberate with the process. Now, all of a sudden, decisions coming soon. He may not book any more officials after the OUOV. So, common sense and conventional wisdom would tell you that Oklahoma is in the catbird seat if he's not going to take any more officials after this weekend. I don't know, man. Something's something makes me uneasy about this whole ordeal. Yeah, Jackson State probably makes you uneasy about Jackson this whole thing. State does, or, and ordeal. Nebraska does. Nebraska does as well. Right now, to me, this is a three-team battle between OU, Nebraska, and Jackson State. He's got great relationships at all three places, and then there's Kansas State kind of looming in the background too. That almost just seems like the easy way out, though. And you know, Dylan Edwards is not the type of kid that. <laughs> is going to take the easy way out. So He hasn't gotten his four-star yet, correct? He has. Uh, he, okay, so four-star yes. running back out of Derby, Kansas, who we're referencing. Not very big, but uh, very, very fast. Very, very fast. Very, very fast. I, nobody knows for sure what is going on right now in this recruitment. There's, there's, one of the, there's a few of these every cycle where, at the end of the day, you just kind of throw your hands up and you're like, I know nothing. I suck at my job because that's that's what this Dylan Edwards recruitment is making everybody feel like. Text line, according to my sources, Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher were both breathing when they woke up this morning. Updates to follow. Yeah, that, those are the types of updates that you are getting right now from the SEC spring meetings. Uh, Jimbo Fisher going with the maroon and black swim shorts today as he lounges out on the beach at the Hilton Sandestin Hotel. That's pretty much what the uh, SEC media are doing right now. Updating what Jimbo had for breakfast. If Saban's uh, khakis are pleated or non-pleated. It's pretty ridiculous. It's like tw- Twitter's going to be our own personal Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban tabloid for the next week. Uh, this text line says, I forget how young Parker is, but in the 90s, everything was news for the East Coast, West Coast rap beef. So yes, everything is news when beef is involved. Yeah, that's, that's fair. It's kind of what this is. And, uh, accord- uh, by the way, speaking of beef, I did see a headline where, uh-oh, is Lincoln Riley doing it again? Bijan Robinson was spotted with some uh, USC players practicing out on the West Coast. Oh, but boy. I don't think that that's what's going on there, but it's interesting nonetheless. Nonetheless. All right, that'll do it for Parker. Keep it locked on the ref. The Rush coming up next.